Hey everyone, I'm, I miss you guys. I'm so excited to not see you guys, but kind of see you guys. So I'm pretending to see you right now. And I really, really miss everyone. Um, I'm excited about the word tonight. So we're going to pray and then we're going to get right into it. So Father God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that your word does not return void. Father, we just take a minute to say thank you for who you are. We are so thankful that we serve you. We are so thankful, Father, that you are for us. We thank you that you never leave us. We thank you, Father God, that you are greater than anything that we could ever face. And we truly, 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 Father, we thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you're going to do tonight, Father. And I pray that, that this word, Father, that it would go forth and it would accomplish what you sent it to accomplish, Father, in the hearts, in the homes of every single person that's listening tonight, Father God. And I just thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to jump right into it, right off the beginning. So I want us to flip over to Genesis 6, 7. So we're going to flip right over there, kind of jump into a story. Part of this story, I'm going to paraphrase, and part of it we're going to read. But this story has really been on my heart for about the last month. And it's a, it's a different story than I've, I've ever taught, that I've ever really read. I mean, I teach it in, in children's ministry all the time. But it's a story that's truly, truly, truly ministered to me over the last few weeks, over, over like I say, about the last month. Um, it's kind of changed my way of looking at things, and I hope it does the same for you. The title tonight is Building Normal, because what we hear constantly, what we hear everywhere we're going is that, man, we can't wait to get back to normal. We just can't wait till things get back to normal. I can't wait to get back to work. I can't wait to get, till the kids go back to school. I hear that's not happening anytime soon, so sorry, parents. But... Building normal is the title tonight. What is normal? Where are we headed with normal? And what I want to encourage you by the end of this is that there's a new normal, a normal that can't be shaken by circumstance. See, our normal, our livelihood, our relationship with God, the atmosphere of our home shouldn't be shaken by things that we face. It shouldn't be shaken by the things around us, by circumstances, by job changes. Because guys, where we find our peace, where we find our hope, where we find our strength, if it's moving based on the circumstances that we're facing, if it changes based on what happens, then those things are in the wrong source. Our hope is in the wrong source. Our peace is in the wrong source. Because when we face it and we, we put our, our strength, we put our peace in movable places, in places that are unstable, that means our peace can always be affected. Our hope can always be affected. Our strength can always be affected. And it'll never stay firm unless it's planted in something firm. And so let's jump into the story. So we're going to look at the story of Noah. And I'm going to read bits and pieces, paraphrase the rest. But we're going to start here. I just want to read. Let's start in verse 7 so we kind of know what's going on. And it says, So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In verse 9, uh, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay, I want to stop there really quick. 
Because my first point here in this story is, does the atmosphere of our home, does the atmosphere of our life, is it different than the atmosphere of the world? Because we just read here, the whole earth has turned wicked. The whole earth has turned against God. But he says here that, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But then it says that Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, that Noah walked with God. And so my question is in your home, is it in a place right now that you could say the atmosphere of my home is different than the atmosphere of the world? Or do we blend right in? See, right now we're in a different season than any of us have ever faced before. And, and it's different in being that one, we're home. We, we maybe haven't been home. Maybe some of us are home from work, working from home or not working. We're facing different things in our community. There's nobody out and about. Restaurants aren't open. We're facing something completely different. But see, in moments like this, it's what does the atmosphere of our life look like? What does the atmosphere of our lives reflect? Because here in Noah, everybody had turned against God. Every, the, everything was changing on earth and something was about to change even greater. But it said that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so in our lives, does the atmosphere of our home look different than the world? And I know that's a hard question. If people were to come around, if people, is our mouth speaking what the world's speaking? Is our mind thinking what the world's thinking? And thinking? Yep, that was the right word. Are we acting the same? Are we re reacting in worry? Are we living according to our feelings? Are we living according to what we see? Or are we living according to the word of God? Is there even a difference in us versus the world? Is there a difference in our life? Because there should be. And if there's not tonight, there will be tomorrow because I'm gonna give you everything that we need to keep going here. So let's um, keep going in our story. And let's look at um, verse 11. And it says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. See, if he would have told that us, like, sorry, I got to throw a couple Rona jokes in here. So he'd be like, make yourself an ark of toilet paper. And that's why we have a shortage. I'm just kidding. But it's a, uh, make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, cover it inside and out with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits and it's width 50 cubits and it's height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it into a cubit from above. And set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh, which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark and keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds after their kind, the animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing on earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you, keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself all food that is eaten. You shall gather it for yourself and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. All right, I wanna stop there and we're gonna, we're gonna start breaking down this story. 
See, what God was saying was he said, hey, there's going to be a flood coming. There's going to be a rain coming. And at this point in history, you read back through your Bible, there is no such thing as rain. There is no such thing as a flood. So the earth has never seen, they have never even heard of such a thing. There is no such thing as rain. There's no such thing as a flood. And Noah, or God's telling Noah that he needs to build an ark for something that actually doesn't exist. He needs to build for something unexpected. He needs to build for something that he's never seen before. Do we see how this story gets so familiar all of a sudden? And so right now we are facing something that was unexpected. We are facing something that we have never seen before. Our country has never experienced something like this. And in Noah, in this story, the world had never experienced something like this, but God gave very specific instructions to Noah. Okay, so my, my first point in this story was that Noah found grace in, in God's eyes. He was a just man. At the point that this story picks up, Noah is 500 years old. Okay, that's insane to me because we don't even live, I mean, it's amazing if you live to 100, but he is 500 years old and it says that he is a just man. It says that he is perfect in his generations and he walked with God. So this tells me that Noah had some things built on the inside of him that even allowed the atmosphere of his life to look different than the world, but he had some different things built on the inside of him that God could even come to him with something like this. Because my favorite thing to do when reading the story is to actually get in the story, not just read about it. But I go, man, if God, if God showed up and said, a coronavirus is coming, this, everything's going to be shut down, and this is what I want to prepare, I wonder, I wonder how many of us could really take that instruction from the Lord and go, yeah, I can build on this, I can act on this, even though I've never seen anything like this in history. I asked myself that question. Could I have just taken it and, and taken that word and, and built something? I don't know. I don't know, because it would have to be that specific of a word from God to know something's coming that's never existed. And see, we're facing unexpected, and we keep saying we want to get back to normal. We want to get to where life was before, just like the story of Noah, and just like now, life's never going to be like it was before. We're facing a different world when we go forward from here. We're facing a different tomorrow than we've ever been in before. See, it's inevitable for us to face unexpected things in life. Unexpected things are going to happen. Unexpected things are going to come our way. And it's not always as huge as a glamorous. It could be a job layoff. It could be a financial issue. It could be loss. It could be hurt. It could be a new job opportunity. Like unexpected things could be good things too, but we're going to face unexpected things inevitably, no matter what in life. But here's what I want us to know is that we serve a God that is never in an unexpected moment. We serve a God that is never surprised. He never has been surprised. He knows the beginning from the end. And guys, we have access to a source that has already been in our tomorrow. We have access to a source that isn't going to let us down, that isn't going to fail us, that isn't going to let us fall. We have access to somebody that's been there and can give us what we need for us to be there. And so I want us to understand this in this story that the unexpected things happen. It's inevitable. But here's what I believe about Noah. God gave him very specific instructions. And when you keep reading the story, that's exactly where he started. He starts getting what he needs to build this ark. He starts gathering the material. He starts building. Here's my question. Was Noah focused on the ark or was Noah focused on the flood? Because I think he would have built different if he'd have been focused on the flood. He was focused on the instruction that God gave. He wasn't focused on the problem he was about to face. 
And in our lives, I can ask the exact same thing. Are we focused on the instruction that God has given? Are we focused on what the word of God says? Are we focused and are we filling ourselves with what God says? And we are building according to this word. And you may say, God hasn't spoken to me audibly. God hasn't. I just wish God would speak to me. Every day, we can read the word of God. Every day, we could give voice to the very written word of God. Every single day, we have access to it. And so we have access to say, am I building? Is my focus on building what God is trying to build in me in this season? Or is my focus on getting rid of the problem? Is my focus on avoiding the problem? If Noah would have built an ark avoiding the flood, it would have been a very different ark than had he built on the instruction of God. See, the Bible says that there's a way that seems right to man, but in its end is death. And if we are focused on the problem and how to overcome the problem in our own strength, then we'll miss what the word of God has to say. We'll miss what God is trying to build in our lives. We'll build according to our own strength in the same flood that's taking out everybody else, even though I'm set apart by God, even though that Noah was just and favored, if, if I miss and I build according to my own strength, the same flood that's taken everybody else out will take me out too. And I'll never get to the other side. See, what Noah knew is that what God says, it says that he walked with God. Remember, he walked with God, that Noah had a relationship with God to say, I know what God says is true. I know that my God is faithful. And I know that as long as I abide, as long as I do what God is telling me to do, as long as I stay where God's telling me to stay, as long as I build according to the instruction of God, then it doesn't matter what's coming my way. See, Noah didn't ask questions. It says, I want to I wanna flip back over there. Um, it says in, in verse 22, thus Noah did according to all God that commanded him. There was no room for conversation. There was no room for instruction. There was no room for understanding. Noah didn't say, what's a flood? Noah didn't say, what's rain? God, explain this to me so my mind can understand it so I can build what you're asking me to build. No, that's not the conversation that was had. God said, this is what I want you to build. This is what it's going to do. This is what I need you to put in it. This is how I want it to be. And this is what's coming your way. And it says, Noah did according to what God said. And that's my challenge in this tonight is that we do according to what God says. We don't do according to what we want with the, with the virus, with our lives, with, see guys, what God can build in us in this moment. I don't think we understand and I want us to take advantage, full opportunity. We have a huge opportunity in this season. Take full advantage of it to go, I have an opportunity for God to build something on the inside of me today that's going to get me to the other side of this and beyond. I have the opportunity in my home to build a new normal that has never been seen in my family before. See, normal, our normal that I want to instill, our normal that I want here is I want us to look at the life of Noah that normal was walking with God. Normal was following the instruction of the Lord. Normal wasn't if life was peachy, if life was hunky-dory, if everything was going the way I think it should be going. That's not how it was for Noah. His normal was a relationship with God. His normal was walking out a relationship with God. His normal was relying every step of the way on God's instruction. And my question is, do we rely? Do we rely so much on the instruction of God that every morning when we wake up, every decision we make all day throughout our work or our work day and all day with our family, do we go, I don't want to make a decision that's not in the instruction of God. God, I don't want to do this my way. I want to do it your way. And we see that that's the kind of man Noah was. And see, that's the very thing that got him 
over the problem. See, Noah got to the other side. Noah got, Noah and his family, that's a key point here. Noah and his family got to the other side because he listened to the instruction of the Lord and not just listened, he acted on it. And so God gave very specific instructions, but Noah stayed there. So he didn't respond to the flood. He responded to the instruction of God, which was to build an ark. And so, and then I just want to, I want to quote this here. Every problem has a promise and every promise has a process. Every problem has a promise and every promise has a process. I had to look down to make sure I was saying that right. There's a lot of P's in there, but every problem has a promise and every promise has a process. And how we walk out that process is that we listen to the instruction of the Lord. See, and then the, the last thing I want to say here before we go on about Noah is that Noah was faithful. Noah was faithful. Here's why I say that. Noah started, he was 500 years old, okay? When the flood waters hit the earth, he was 600. 100 years until the thing that was coming that was unexpected, that he didn't understand, 100 years he's building what God had put in the inside of him to even step foot on the ark. 100 years. Most of us don't even live to 100 years old. But 100 year gap here until the floodwaters actually hit the earth. And so my question is, maybe this is a season in our life that we're like, uh, God's building something in me. I'm just now getting the instruction. Maybe it's a season that way back, God started building something in you. And maybe we're in a season that we're like, I know this is what God said, but I'm kind of losing heart. I'm kind of in a place that I don't know if it's going to happen. And I feel like I'm building on nothing. I've been building this whole time. And you guys have to know, okay, this ark was huge. Football fields in length. So it's not a secret. It's not like Noah's quietly building something. I watch a lot of NCIS. Like he's not building a boat in his basement that nobody knows about. Okay. He's building this huge boat outside for everybody, every Everybody can see, and you know they're asking questions. What are you building? This looks different. This is a different view of your life. What, what are you building for? What are, what are you building? And I wonder what Noah answered. I would imagine that Noah would have answered with what God was saying. I would imagine he would have said, there's a flood coming. I would imagine him saying, there's, there's rain coming. And I'm building based on God's instruction to build this. Can you imagine the criticism that he was getting? Okay, so now let's jump in the story. How does this actually look in my life? Because nobody's building like football field links of boats in your backyard. I'm pretty sure. So how does this look in our lives? How this looks in our lives is maybe God started building something in me. And people started to question what God was doing with my life. My life started to look a little different. There was something that I was building that, that it's looking different. And people started to question me. And people started wondering, was I is what God said actually ever going to come to pass? I don't see it in your life. Like you're building all this for nothing is what it looks like to me. There's no flood. There's no rain. And so my question for you is, are you going to stay faithful to what God was building in you? Are you going to stay faithful to that word that God put in you? See, Noah was faithful. He was 950 years old when he died. 950 years old when he died. And when he died, he died just as faithful as he started and more so. But Noah died a just man. And see, what I want us to understand here is that God has put something on the inside of each and every one of us. God has put a word on the inside of each and every one of us. God has given us what we need to build. And maybe God has started building something. So we could be in any season here. We could be at the season where this is my storm. This is, well, then get in the thing that God built on the inside of you. 
Get in that thing. Get in that thing that he instructed you to build. Maybe you're, again, in the season where you're going, I'm in the middle of this and I don't see what's coming. I don't see, but I feel like God is building something in me, but I'm starting to question it. I'm starting to question where I'm at. I'm starting to question what I believe. I'm starting to question what God's word says. I have lots of questions. So maybe you're in that season. Will you stay faithful to what God's building on the inside of you? Will you stay faithful to what he's put in there? And maybe you're at the very beginning of this where you're going, I am starting. I am just now building. And I want to build my life according to the word of God. And I want to build on what God has said. So, so build. But don't lose heart. Don't quit before the finish. Don't quit. Noah could have quit at any time. He could have questioned God and quit at any time. He could have walked away because he didn't see what he thought he should be seeing. He could have gotten disheartened and been like, let me see how to beat this flood another way because this seems a little hard to follow these specific instructions. This seems a little absurd to do what God is asking me to do. And so maybe I'm going to find another way around this. Maybe I'm going to take the easy way out. No. Noah would have never seen the other side of this. Noah would have ever seen God's promise come through. He would have never seen the covenant that was put on the other side of all of this with Noah and his family had he quit, had he stopped in the middle, but he stayed faithful. Um, In this season, this really challenged me. Um, I've heard it said that no one ever rises to an occasion. They always fall to the level of their preparation. No one ever rises to an occasion. They fall to the level of their preparation. And when I coached basketball, that was our thing that, you know, you're going to play how you practice. How we practice, we practice with no intensity. If we practice with, with just lazy and running around, that's exactly how we're going to play because how we practice is going to carry over. There's not a team, I promise you. I've coached a lot of girls. I've played a lot of games. And never once did I suddenly become an all-star when I stepped onto the game floor out of the practice floor when I didn't do anything in practice. Never once. See, we look at David and Goliath. You look at Daniel and the lions. Then you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You look at Esther. You look at all these people. And they never rose to an occasion that was beyond their level of preparation. They were always prepared down here. And then when they stepped out, that preparation is what got them across the line. And see, Noah here, when he started, he was just faithful to God. And all he had to do in the season, the season was crazy. He's building this boat. He's following instructions. This is nuts, right? And he's getting, now there's a flood. This is a crazy season. Everything is changing on earth for Noah. Everything is different. But is it? Because Noah has trained himself to just follow the instructions of God. So even in a psycho situation, Noah resorted to following the instruction of God. Daniel, we read through Daniel. He prayed, he fasted, he prayed, he fasted, he prayed, he fasted, he prayed, he fasted. What changed in the lion's den? Nothing. He just kept praying right? And he got to the other side. He got to the other side. We see with Esther, we see you go through the whole Bible and you see story after story after story after story where, yeah, trials came. Yeah, hard things happened. Yeah, life happened. Unexpected happened. But what changed? My relationship with God didn't. Who, who I abide in didn't. And so I want to move forward here from Noah for a second and look at, 
and look at what we're facing right now and look at how this actually, because that's real cool. That's a, that's a really cool story. But how does this apply to my family? How does this apply to my home? How do I take this message tonight and I apply it tonight before I go to bed and I apply it tomorrow before I get up? I want to give you practical ways here because guys, this is huge. This is life-changing. It's changed my life and I believe that it'll change yours as well. And that's my prayer and that's my heart even speaking tonight is, man, we can get to the other side of this. We can live life different. Our families can be different if we would just apply these things, if we would just use and build what God has given us to use and build with, we would be amazed how we could face things in life. Because I promise the coronavirus is not the last unexpected thing that your family is going to face in life. What is being built right now? What are we putting on the inside of us right now? See, we can take God as his word and believe in his truth, or we can look at the problem. We can take God at his word and believe that it's truth, or we can look at the problem. It's one or the other. We can't do both. We're either looking at the problem or we're focused on God's instruction. And my question is, which one are you looking at? Which one are you looking at? Let's flip over to Psalm 91 really quick. And I would encourage you guys, read this with your family. If you want to read it, I mean, memorize it. But there's some powerful things here that I want to, I want to share with you. In verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. And well, I'll keep reading in just a minute, maybe. We'll see how that goes. But um, verse 1 and 2 here, I want to see. He who dwells. Okay, right now, a lot of us are spending a lot of time in our dwelling, right? We're spending a lot of time in our home. If I were to ask you, where do you dwell? You'd give me your address, right? Some of you would give me your work address. But where you dwell is where you spend the most of your time, right? It's a habitual place that you reside. And so this says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the, in the shadow of the Almighty. Okay, so here's what I want us to, to see here. I'm going to take this word abide. Where are you abiding? Where are you abiding? Where is our mind abiding? Where is our heart abiding? Are we abiding in the word of God? Are we abiding in the presence of God? And here's how you'll know. I'm going to tell you real quick, okay? Um, If we actually believe the word of God is truth, then we'll speak the word of God consistently. If the word of God is not constantly coming out of our mouth and we're speaking the problem, then we think the problem is more truth than the word of God is in our life, right? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Here's, the, here's another way that I, as I was praying before service, I went, oh my goodness. And it was super convicting to me. Okay, but let's even look at something as simple as, uh, as worship, okay? And you hear my dad say, we got to get it from our head. We got to get it into our heart, right? We got to get it from our head. We got to get it to our heart. Here's a practical way of that that just really made sense to me that I wanted to share with you guys is that, okay, so in worship, we, we sing lots of songs, Right? Um, it, it, we lift our hands and surrender. Okay, maybe we clap. Maybe one of the biggest songs, I see it all over Facebook right now. I see it all over on worship teams right now. Like it's everywhere and it's an amazing song. It's one of my favorites. You're, it plays at my house constantly. Okay, but it's Waymaker, right? Waymaker. So what are the words of that song? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, right? And then the song keeps going and it says, even when I don't see it, you're working, right? Even when I don't feel it, you're working. So we sing that in our worship time. Maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's night. We sing that. Why? 
because our mind memorizes things. I can quote that to you right now because I've memorized that, right? I've memorized the song. My mind memorizes. Everybody in agreement with that? I know you're not here, but yeah, just nod at me. You're in agreement? Perfect. Okay, so in our mind, we memorize things. So I can sing that song. I can worship to that song in my prayer time. I can go, you know, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're, and I can, I'm doing that, right? Okay, then I walk out of my house, I get to work, I get to whatever I'm doing, and I'm like, God, where are you? It'd be really nice if you would show up. Well, he's working, you just sing it, right? We worship it, we sing it because we've memorized it, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is gonna speak. So then we actually face something, we actually see something, and everything we were just worshiping and saying went out the window because our heart's speaking now, not our mind, right? Not our mind. If I say, what's John 3, 16 say, you can tell me because you've memorized it. If I ask you what Philippians 4, 13 says, you can tell me because we've memorized it. But my question is, when we face situations, do we live like it? Has it gotten into our heart? Because from our head to our heart is a huge difference. And see, in this season especially, our mind is a crazy place. Our mind, there's so much going on in our minds. There is so much constantly going on in our minds. Whoa, how's this going to work? What's going to happen? What's, and it is so important to know where we abide, but it's so important to know what we're speaking because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So we can take the word of God. We can meditate. I want to look at Jonathan or uh, not Jonathan. There's no book called that. Let's look at Joshua 1.8. We're almost done. I just want to bring this, this full circle here. Because our mind can be a crazy place. Our mind can absolutely. I know I, I personally um, have struggled, not, not necessarily in this season, but in the past. My mind um, has been a huge struggle. Worry and fear, a huge struggle for me. Where, I mean, all through college, is night terrors. And I, I hate to be alone. I hate, it, it freaks me, freaked not currently, freaked me out. Um, the thought of being alone, my mind just wonders. It jumps to the worst case scenario that it, it's constant to the point that I would, I mean, just anxiety and worry. And so I know that your mind can be such a psycho place, but here's what I know. You cannot be thinking about one thing and speaking another thing, right? And so what tool did God give us to be able to overcome what's going on in our head? He gave us our mouth, Because worry and fear and worst case scenarios can be going on in my mind. But the moment that I speak faith, the moment that I speak the word of God, I can't think worry and fear and speak faith at the same time. And so I want to encourage you guys, those of you that say, man, my mind does run. It, it, I feel like I'm just in my head all day long and I'm exhausted from just trying to categorize and keep track of the thoughts and the things that are, that are about the worry, the fear, the everything that I'm facing with what's going on in my life and what's going on. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Joshua 1.8. It says, when I get there, I'll read it to you. Um, Actually, we're going to start in seven. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, right? Not your mind, not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do, uh, you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. 
Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. All right. It says that it shall not depart from your mouth. But then that's always confused me because then it jumps to meditate, right? To meditate on the word day and night. When you actually study out the Hebrew word of meditate, it actually means self-talk. It doesn't actually mean to think anything. It means self-talk. And so if we were to self-talk the word day and night, it says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate in it day and night. That if we had the word, that's the importance of being in the word, because if we're never in the word, we can't ever speak the word, right? So if we're in the word and we take it and we don't just generally uh, just whatever, read the story in the morning and go about our day. But if we were to dive in and we were to take a scripture and go, God, I know that you're speaking to me in this. Maybe it's do not be afraid or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If that's it, then you not only just think about that scripture, but you self-talk. You self-talk all day long that whatever comes in my mind, I'm choosing to speak the word. I'm choosing to speak the word because how do we get something in our heart? We speak it. What comes out of our heart? We speak it. All of it has to do with speaking. We can't think things into our heart. We speak them there. What the bulk of coming out of our lives is what is actually going into our heart. And the bulk of what's coming out is actually what's coming out of our heart. It's a two-way street. It's our mouth, right? And so what, that's what's getting down to our heart. We're not just memorizing something. But when we are speaking the word, because meditating, in our, or not meditating, thinking in our minds, sorry. So just thinking it is memorizing it, right? But when it gets in our heart, that's what we actually believe. Romans 10, 10 says that with the heart, one believes with the heart, one believes it doesn't say the mind. It says with the heart. And there's so many of us that maybe in this season that's been revealed to us. There's so many of us that we, we think the word we think, but we can't ever get it passed over to where we can actually apply it in our lives. We struggle when we get to the application part. We struggle when we get to the part that I'm facing something and I don't know what to do with it. I'm facing something and it's getting hard. I'm facing something and I don't understand. I'm facing something and I feel like I've been building on it, but did it ever get into our heart? What is coming out of your mouth? What are we speaking? What's repetitively coming out? Because I promise you, your what coming out of your mouth is either going to release angels or it's going to release demons. What's coming out of your mouth is going to reinforce fear or it's going to reinforce faith. Okay. Reality plus God is faith. Reality minus God is fear. And so when we look at our reality and we go, no, I'm going to choose to speak the word of God over this situation. That's faith. When we look at our reality and we go, oh my gosh, look at the problem. And we just subtracted God from the equation. That'll always result in fear. It's reality plus God is faith. Reality minus God is fear. And so when we need to get something from our head, we need to get it to our heart. We got to speak it. We got to speak it into existence. Let's look at John 15, 7. And it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Let's read that one more time. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Hey guys, the importance part of this is that, see, when we ask right now, it could be based on our feelings. Because we respond so much to how we feel. We respond so much to emotion. And it's a hard thing to beat. 
But when we start responding to the word of God and we get the word of God where the words coming out of my mouth, not fear. When the words coming out of my mouth, not worry. When the words coming out of my mouth, not hopelessness. When the words coming out of my mouth, when that starts getting to the place where I go, I believe what I'm saying. When I sing, when I don't see you, you're working. Then when I actually feel like I can't see God, I know that he's working. I don't got to question where he's at. I don't have to ask him if he's going to show up. I know because I believe it because it's gotten in my heart. It's not just something I sing. It's not just something that's in my head. It's something that I so firmly believe that I know without a shadow of a doubt, God is working on my behalf because his word says he is. And I believe his word and his word is only truth and he is only truth. See, um, the, the question that I want to close with here is that what's it going to take to give you peace? This is a good indicator of where you're at. What's it going to take to give you peace? Schools open up. Does that bring peace? Jobs open back up. Does that bring peace? Your bank gets flooded with a ridiculous amount of money. Does that bring peace? What is it? What's it going to take? A, a vaccine for the virus? See, if it's any of those things, our source of peace can always be taken from us. Peace can always be stolen from our lives. But if we actually look here and we say, no, I'm choosing to dwell. I'm choosing to abide in the presence of God. I'm choosing to habitually visit the word of God. I choose to speak the word of God. I choose to believe the word of God. That if we make that a point in our homes that I'm going to believe the word over anything else, I'm going to believe God's word. I'm going to speak God's word then what we're doing is see peace isn't something God gives us. It's who God is. And so when we decide that I'm going to abide in God, we're saying I abide in peace. I don't need peace from out here because I got peace in here. I don't need strength from out here because I already have it in here. I don't need God to give me faith. I have faith because it's in here. I don't need to find truth somewhere and find understanding because he is truth. And so I want to encourage you, who is your God? Where are you abiding? If you are abiding in God, then there's peace because you're abiding in peace and peace is abiding in you. But when we fill ourselves with worry, when we fill ourselves with doubt, when we fill ourselves with the problem instead of building with the instruction, going back to Noah, see, he didn't, he didn't go about this in fear of the flood. He went about this in faith in the instruction of God. And that is my challenge to us in this season this unexpected season and any unexpected season to come that we go, I always have access to the instruction of God. I can always build. And I choose from this day forward that I'm going to build a new normal in my life. I'm going to build. My normal is residing in the presence of God. My new normal is having peace regardless of what I'm facing. My new normal is having strength and having courage and having hope when everybody else doesn't. My new normal is that the atmosphere of my home does look different than the atmosphere of the world because someone else abides here. And regardless of what I face, my normal doesn't change. My normal shouldn't change. My prayer life shouldn't change. My peace shouldn't change. Those things that God put on the inside of me because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. What he did is the sacrifice of Jesus. That does not change. What he's given us, the life that he's put on the inside of us, that does not change. He cannot change. His character cannot change. So if he cannot change and he's abiding on the inside of me, then yeah, I'm going to face different situations in life. If you keep reading in Psalm 91, it says that a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Okay. It doesn't say that things aren't going to fall around you. It says that it's not going to come near you. 
The Bible never says we're not going to face things. It never says things aren't going to change. But it says they count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, how do we do that? Because joy abides in me. Because I abide in joy. It says that I'm going to face things. And in this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. We have overcoming power on the inside of us, but we have to access it. But we have to get it from our head into our heart. And it comes from speaking it. That I speak it and I speak it and I speak it. And if you got to speak it to make yourself believe it, then speak it till you make yourself believe it. But you speak and you speak and you speak and you speak. And then when you ask according to the word of God on the inside of you, those things come to pass. God gives us the desires of our heart. And so with that, I do, I want to close. I'm definitely out of time, but guys, don't, don't just brush this word off. Dive into the word of God. Abide in the word of God. Abide in the presence of God. We have a, a huge opportunity even with your kids in this season. Man, teach them in this season that we're not going to run from the problem. We're not going to run in fear, but we're going to face it head on with the word of God and instill the word of God into them. What are they hearing? If, if you were to ask your kids or if, or if I were to ask your kids, what, what are you hearing in your home? What have you heard about the coronavirus? Do they know that no plague shall come near my dwelling? Do they know that he's rebuked the devourer for my sake? Do they know that? Or is it a reaction in fear because of what's happening, because of what we're facing? Or is there something on the inside of them because of the atmosphere of our home, because of the word of God in our home, because of what abides in us, that our kids are at peace, that our families are at peace? Yeah, it's uncertain. We don't know, but we serve something certain. We serve someone certain. We serve someone that doesn't change. We serve, he knows tomorrow.